0: definitely human. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 10. It's spring and I'm sitting here with mum awaiting her critiques on episode 6 to (laughs) 9. What do you think about my plans to do the veg garden and set up some kind of farm
1: shop? I think it's absolutely amazing. It's been (laughs) lying there idle, that piece of ground, for the last five years, and it would be lovely to uh, make it sing again.
0: Yeah, that's so true. It's been really nice, I think, sort of taking on Dad's mantle and sort of stepping in his shoes, which I didn't really think how much I would have done when I moved down. We were saying in the episode six that uh, the walled garden, it used to be farm sheds. Mm -hmm.
1: The farm buildings used to wrap around the house and those walls are the last remaining bits. I don't know what the, well, there was um, a potato house, I believe, that where they stored potatoes in the dark. There was an upstairs and a downstairs.
0: Yeah, because you can so, see the mm. steps on one of the walls. You can sort of see steps yeah. outlines, can't yeah. you?
1: Absolutely. And I dare say some of them housed animals, and maybe they had pigs in there and that sort of thing. When
0: I was a kid, it was all filled with soil and fruit trees right to the top. Yeah. So it was yours and dad's decision to empty it out and turn it into empty a vegetable it. garden.
1: Yes, absolutely. It had been pushed in. It like every everything else on the farm when it fell into disrepair back at the time because Patrick was renting. Patrick's my uncle that lived in this house before. Yes, the landlord wouldn't spend any money on repairs so when it all got beyond it he just sent in the bulldozers. All those buildings were bulldozed down, load of topsoil chucked over the top and it was then grass we made the decision when we took it on, your father and I, that we would like to incorporate it back into a workable area because the only thing I used to have my washing line on top of the grass and that was all there was. Yeah, it was um, always a
0: bit of a wild garden. I remember roaming mm. around it as a kid. And yeah, we used to stand on the top and watch the Red Arrows fly by from the nearby Royal
1: Air Base. Anthony made his sister think she could fly and pushed her off the top into, into the bed of stinging nettles oh, no. underneath was she
0: okay she didn't break anything <laughs> she didn't
1: break anything oh, no God. they jumped off the top you know obviously as I said it was two stories yeah. and the field in front is way below and then <laughs> he pushed Juliet into the stinging nettles oh, <laughs> what well, a meanie I have to have words yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Oh, my that <laughs> we were saying you know in the vineyard site field that there is some kind of structure under the ground that could be some kind of ancient monolith what do you think it is
1: I honestly don't know. I mean, it could be anything, but I do know that your dad told me that during the Second World War, all along this hillside, there were big blocks of concrete. The the war effort, they built concrete pads and then they put gun emplacements and um, lookout posts so that they could see if there was any torpedo boats out in the ocean. And then, there, you know, anybody that was likely to travel up the river, we were able to have the army presumably here to protect us the home guard
0: they must have had those all along. captain mannering
1: was up there with all his (laughs) men
0: (laughs) they must have had that all along and on the other side as well
1: yes absolutely in fact there were i think they're still there there's some still on instow beach bit like that bird lookout on the tarka trail you know a similar thing but built in stone so that you could go out and see if the enemy were approaching So I know in in Ladies' Land and in Pathfield, we had those um, concrete bases and they were all ripped up so that we could plough the fields and use them for the yeah, proper wow. farming intention.
0: Any other critiques for episode six?
1: No, none okay. whatsoever. Oh,
0: wow, a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> so episode seven we just listened to. What was one of the wildest things that Dad ever salvaged
1: from... I don't know, this guy that drops stuff off. Yeah, well, I mean, he started off with the greenhouse that we've got now and then Carl would drop off all this stuff and he'd think, oh, I could make a lean-to. And then he'd have a lean-to on a lean-to on a (laughs) lean-to. So I always said he had (laughs) lean-to-itis. He would construct a roof over the top and, you know, another bit of window there. There's a bit of glass. I can make that be the roof and then put a side on it. So you were forever bobbing in and out of (laughs) lean-tos. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, he loved going up to the farmyard. You've got like a workman's bench, haven't you? And he would Ooh, be yeah. we had things an, together. We had an
1: old straw bale trailer that, um, well, it had seen better days. And so it was tremendously long and he had all his tools lined up on that, all his gadgets, and it was absolutely full he knew where everything was, but you'd go up for a nut and a bolt. He'd know which way to look, which box to go in, whatever. And he would be up there tinkering away and um, everything was lashed together with bits of rope and string. and <laughs> (laughs) but it worked you know and it was free Mm. that was the thing it didn't cost him anything and it gave him great satisfaction
0: I mean when it came time for us to sort of take it down we couldn't so many things were sort of um Mm. concreted together and we just had to sort of smash it apart didn't we
1: Yes, it was rather sad, actually. It was the end of an era, but I could never have worked with all that yeah. jumble. It was that the original inventor was called Heath Robinson, wasn't yeah. he? And that's why we say it was all Heath Robinson stuff. Bless him. It was just really weird and wacky.
0: Um, you said that the reason why he planted an acre of everything is so he could just get the tractor to plough it, Nigel. Oh, yeah,
1: right. The very first thing he decided to grow was onions. And before he had the onions in the area that you were describing, he grew them in Bohays, where we've no now way. got the vineyard going, and he had a corner of Bohays and got Nigel to plough it, so oh, he God. didn't have to turn the soil with a spade. And so there were so many of them, and I kept trying to say to him Less, please, less. We can't cope with all of these onions.
0: <laughs> oh, so there we have it, episode eight. First of all, can't believe how many times I say oh wow. Sorry guys,
1: CEO of, oh wow. <laughs> I can't believe how many times I say absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. It was a very informative episode.
0: Oh yes. Mm, yeah, thanks yes. to you. <laughs> Well, did you, yeah, what did you have critiques on? Because I, I guess I talked about farming. It's been a while since I talked about farming in the episode with like ploughing and equipment. Yeah,
1: there was nothing to critique. I think you got it all quite right. I mean, unlike the earlier episodes where you were just starting, you learnt a lot in the time. Oh, and, that's uh, yeah. No, ten, oh, ten episodes yeah.
0: in a couple of months. I'm picking it up. You Although are. Although you did say something about my gardening, us calling it mud.
1: Well, yes. I mean, mud to me is, is that oozy stuff that's a bit, so, yeah. we should
0: be saying that the garden is there's lots of piles of earth, not yes. mud.
1: Yes, or soil. Soil, yes. Yes, soil just and soil. earth rather than mud. It's mud when there's been a rainfall and you've got lots of sticky puddles.
0: I <laughs> can't believe we ran into Nigel down on those fields. We were on a Sunday walk and up trots Nigel in his tractor.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, there, I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> he works all the hours that he likes. You know, he just loves his job and he he's, when the job's got to be done, He's willing to put in the hours to finish it, so he was, he was out really there busy there, wasn't he? So yes, to there are certain times of the year when he has to burn the candle at both ends, almost. You know, there's just so much to do, and then slack times in between.
0: And he was planting wild bird mix. What's yes, that?
1: We call it. Well, it's it's AB nine. I don't don't ask me why it's called AB nine, but that's what it is. And it is a mixture of various seeds that the birds love. And the Ministry of Agriculture are happy to give us payment to plant it to look after the wildlife. And it's very pretty when it comes out. There'll be beautiful blue flowers. The bees and the butterflies love it. Oh, nice. And the um, no, um, there's lots of seeds in. It throughout the season so that um, the animals can go in there and it's good cover for them because they can hide. There's rapeseed and quinoa or quinoa, as we used to call it. (laughs) Um, And phacelia is the blue flower, kale. All different things that yeah. different, you know. Butterflies like kale because the cabbage whites love that, mm. and um, you'll find that come the summer time, you'll go down there and it'll be buzzing with wildlife.
0: Lovely, it's like a wild yes. meadow.
1: Yes, it's it's. There's no grass in it, but I've got it in various parts of the farm, not just that field. Other fields as well have it. So yeah, it's pretty. Mm. Once it's in, you can leave it for two years. Won't have to touch that field oh. now for two years. Mm. You can make it go three years, but it's a bit sparse by then, so it's best to turf it up and start again. Um,
0: What made you and dad decide to put a pond in?
1: Well, for the reason you said it was just a very wet, boggy corner of the field, and knowing that it was clay in under the soil, it just seemed a no brainer to just get a digger in, gouge out a deeper hole, and let the water come in and settle, and um, it worked brilliantly.
0: You tried different things over the years. There was an island on it at one point, then you you got rid of
1: that. Well, the powers that be told us that an island was good because if you got ducks and wildlife laying eggs, which they do, foxes and vermin can't reach them. But in reality, the ducks made their nests round the edge. They never went on the island at all. We had trees growing on the island, but then the trouble with it being um, water running through it all the time, it brings silt down with it. Obviously, when heavy rainfall, it builds up, and you then this little stream becomes a river, and we. Always he said the poor fish that were in there needed headlights after heavy rain because the water turned chocolate brown mm. because it was all the soil that was just filtering through and of course with that, that meant you get the sediment and so very quickly where the water came in between there and the island it became a bank and the mm. bank grew up and up and up so that in fact the island didn't exist in the end because you could walk onto it through the sediment oh. your dad again decided it was time to dig it all out get rid of the island and start again I
0: remember we had a little rowing boat on it one oh, time
1: yes the old grey lag I think she's called and she <laughs> she said a lag is a goose right. and it sits up in the farmyard waiting to be used again I've seen
0: yeah. it yeah yeah don't know when it will boat. be used again but no. it's nice that we
1: have it there we used to go out in the rowing boat because you get weeds growing and it was nice to go out and do a bit of weeding on the pond
0: I thought you guys just had waders you just waded oh we up got up waders as
1: well yes definitely you needed waders but but we've planted lilies and bulrushes and all sorts of different things around in the pond, and it's very pretty in the summer.
0: Maybe that's what I meant by lotus. Maybe I thought it was like the lily because it's like the white flower on the water.
1: Oh, there are. I can't remember the. There's about six different species of plant down there because the local um, fishing place he gave us a load of plants to put in.
0: So we see uh, kingfishers, herons, all oh, yeah. kind of things.
1: Yeah, especially when um, we had fish. Mm. But I mean, having said that, there's lots of wildlife in the pond if you look closely you get the dragonflies. Yeah. There's so many dragonflies. And of course, they lay their eggs on the bulrushes or the, they call them flags, but they're like irises, yellow irises. And the local name is a flag. I don't know why. But of course, they lay their eggs on the stems of these things. And then they hatch into these big, ugly, almost like a scorpion, they look like. Yeah. And they live in the water for two years before they hatch out and they become a They can bite
0: dragonfly. you as well, can't you? Because I know like you'd warn me when I was sort of hands in the pond looking, you know, turning over stones, trying to find tadpoles. Yeah. Yes. and things, careful, because they mm-hmm. will bite. And you yeah. see them clinging on to the bulrushes when they're time to transform yes. into a dragonfly. You Absolutely. just see their skin, yeah. their body. Yeah. It's funny that we know yes. things in their final stages, like butterflies mm-hmm. and dragonflies, when really they spend most of their time as a little mm-hmm. larvae kind of mm-hmm. thing.
1: You know, we ought to go down there more often, really. I used to go down there every day when we had dogs to walk, but I don't go down there very I had often my 21st time. birthday down
0: there. We yeah. had a picnic.
1: I did, yes. That was lovely. Everybody mm-hmm. came. And
0: a giant and... carpet that we rolled out. Yeah yes yeah what else from the episode i'm trying to think well
1: there was the loading of the grain i don't think there's much oh, to yeah. talk about that.
0: <laughs> what did that you have fun. to think about the guy in I the thought, beginning
1: he was marvelous such an old devonshire character <laughs> i think you know to get to us he would got to come through a few narrow lanes and these 29 ton lorries they are massive and he'd obviously been told that he couldn't get through by a local
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> <her> up there <laughs> yes
1: yeah no, oh, I thought yeah. he was
0: amazing. And he was such a good sport. Nigel said to him, you know, do you mind if, you know, the, far- the farmer's daughter's here? You know, do you mind if she gets up in the back? I think he oh, said, really? you know, she's doing a project and she'd love to get in the back. And yeah, I've got <laughs> up on the ladder and sort of perched on the top with my phone in one hand to get the video and the microphone in the other, teetering. But yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> it was nice to see it anyway and how it all worked.
1: I'm glad you held on to your phone. There was a time when we used to store corn in a bin, you great big bins mm that held, I don't know how many tons, but your dad lost his mobile phone at the bottom of one of those. And um, obviously he'd got dozens and dozens of tons on top. Back in the day, that was when we had livestock. And so we were feeding the corn to our own animals. So he had to wait until they'd eaten it all before he got his phone back. Obviously, he'd replaced it, but there was his phone at the bottom of the pile. Oh,
0: so we got a new one since, but <laughs> yeah, it was still yeah. there. Was it usable or had it had been crushed by the weight or anything? No, I think
1: it was all right. It the, would have been, yeah.
0: The kind of phones dad used to have were proper bricks, weren't oh, they? And yeah. They'd be full of dust and they all looked like they were in the bottom of a pile of wheat anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the reception on my phone's not very good. You'd open up the back, and they'd be full of straw. <laughs>
0: my god i really am turning into him because the (laughs) other day we were looking for a couple of breeze blocks weren't we for something and um i suddenly lost my phone and i went on find your iphone on my laptop and it was in the middle of a field of sheep There we go. Episode nine.
1: (laughs) Lovely. It was really sweet. You were
0: saying that you learnt something, roll reversal, you learnt something from the podcast about Henton Punchardon. Yes.
1: I knew Richard de Punchardon was as far back as I've gone, but I didn't know that they were given the lands by being in the um, Battle of Hastings. Yeah, so that was something I didn't know.
0: It's amazing, mm. isn't it, that the land goes back that far? You mm. know, I always remember from school about the Hastings, ten sixty six. And-
1: well, all these knights of the they became, um they were given big tracts of land because they fought for the king and earned his respect. And as a thank you, the king was dishing out land right, left, and centre.
0: Thousand years later, it still holds the same mm. name and everything. What yeah. A legacy? Yeah, it was cool to see someone went to the time and effort to you know paint the phone box, and it's so pretty. It's nice seeing little red phone boxes all around. Yeah,
1: I mean, that phone box was always there and used as a phone box in days of yesteryear, but I've never stopped to look inside it since it's become a library. Mm. So it was interesting to hear what they'd done to it. Not much in there worth taking. (laughs) I could just imagine the people that live in the village have probably gathered all their dusty books they didn't want. They've stuffed them all in there.
0: Exactly, yeah, probably in the charity shop, doesn't want it. The A
1: to Z of the law. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What else was in there? Oh, about the beavers, that was the most oh, exciting. Yes. Yes. The beavers. yes.
1: I think, to be fair, we're very excited about it, but it's going to be quite a few years before anything happens. You think? Absolutely right. I think we've got to be patient because, evidently, so far, forty-two farmers have said yes, they like the idea, but there's still a few that are saying no, mm. and until they can get everybody to say yes. It's not going to work.
0: There's a few, maybe like there's 10% that will only do something if they're paid to do something.
1: Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. If they're not (laughs) going to get paid, they're not going to do it.
0: We just want to do things that, you know, help the environment and um, help the local towns and things because, you know, they keep building on floodplains and then wonder why the local towns get flooded. I mean, we're living in a bungalow that's built on a floodplain now, aren't we? And they're planning on building this new housing estates that they want to put in across the road, both sides of us. So
1: Madness, um, absolute madness. I think with the beavers, the
0: wheel is rolling. I don't know if that's the right terminology. (laughs) Is that even a term? The wheel is rolling. But, yeah, you had um, BBC Radio 4 wanted to do an interview and, you know, they're doing, they're covering it for their programme. It will happen.
1: I'm sure it will happen, but it just 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 won't happen in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah.
1: It's going to take a long time.
0: I'll just buy some beavers myself and throw them in the river and (laughs) see if that
1: works. Yes. I don't think you can just go out and buy beavers. (laughs)
0: <laughs> where i'd get them from yeah. <laughs> um and i looked up that the biggest rodent in the world is a kookaburra
1: kookaburra kookaburra kooka, kooka Capybara, c- capybara. C- capybara. Kookaburra isn't that a bird yes yeah. a capybara <laughs> well the beaver must be the biggest rodent in this country then it's right. the european beaver and yeah. they have introduced them very successfully chris jones who's the beaver trust guy that we met he's gone over to poland and helped them establish beaver colonies over there mm,
0: and that's done wonders hasn't it that it was has 10 mm. years ago they've had yeah. them for a long time and yeah. they now live in harmony with the yep. beavers we'll see yeah we'll see
1: any other comments about this month's episodes no i think it all sounds great very informative very amusing in places (laughs) your dear husband is very droll
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think he's enjoying it i think he's coming into his own it's happening we're feeling very relaxed good yeah
1: good well it's wonderful having you back that's all i know yeah
0: right okay signing off for this week then
1: So, mum thinks I'm totally
0: up to speed with all the important farming know-how, but there's still plenty of opportunities to prove her wrong. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at BackToEarthPodcast and on Twitter at BackToEarthPod. Music is by John Day, Artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by The David Knight. Thank you guys for bringing it all together, and thank you guys for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after-show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, we'll be talking about beavers! It's a beaver cast! With your favourite beaver heads, Charlie, Gotwood, May, and David. David, don't give a damn night. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a Definitely Human production. Okay,
1: bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.